Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, Pastor Greg Scalzo will be continuing his sermon on Israel's request for a king. Last time, as background in a study of kingship, we looked at the gross sins of the Canaanites at the time of Joshua's conquest. Also, to understand what we'll read, we need to look at Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 22. It says, if a man has committed a sin deserving of death, the capital punishment, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance for he who is hanged or he who hangs on a tree is accursed of God. And they would take it, it was common back in that time period and even you know up really to modern times that as a statement to the people, they would hang the person that the people would see the body just like in this country Years ago, you had public hangings, and it was meant to discourage crime, obviously, uh, to actually see something so horrible. And you know how in pagan nations, and even in the Tower of England, they would not just hang the body, but many times they would put the head on a stake and display it, and all the, you know, the buzzards and the, the birds would eat the body. They wanted to really make a point with the people, don't do this crime. Well, the Bible says... If a man commits a sin deserving death, and he's put to death, and you do hang him on a tree to be a sign and an example for the people, his body can't remain overnight. You have to bury him that day so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. God doesn't want them to leave the body up there for the birds to eat and the insects to eat. In other words, you, you made the display, you made the point, now take it and bury it. Don't leave it. For the next day, bury him that day. And everyone that's so hung on that tree is accursed. It shows that this is an accursed one. This person has done a terrible thing. This is one of the worst displays you can make to put that person up on that tree to make a point to the people. But still, there's the mercy of the scriptures. Don't leave it there. You know, take the body down and then bury it. Now, that brings us to Joshua's time. And for that, we need to go to the book of Joshua. And we have here the accounts of the conquest of Canaan. And remember, what we read about in Joshua, what we've read about in the past, that these are harsh times. These are harsh peoples. We just read what the people were like in the land of Canaan. They were brutal people. At this time in world history, there's a tremendous amount of fighting and, and wars and, you know, one tribe against another tribe. And maybe it's hard for us to understand in our civilized culture today, although at this moment in parts of the world, it's still going on, isn't it? But it was a very harsh time. And remember, all that the Israelites have is their contract, the old contract, the Old Testament with God and God's protection upon them. 
But that old contract we've studied in detail could not change a person, could not change their sinfulness. And we got to praise God that today we are not under the old contract, rather we're in the new covenant and God's grace. And while in Joshua's time they lived by the sword, today we defeat the wickedness of individuals, not in the physical realm, but by bringing them the love of Jesus Christ and his gospel. Not a physical sword, but rather we've studied how our battle is a spiritual battle in heavenly realms against demonic forces. And the love of Jesus Christ conquers and changes individuals' lives and sinfulness flees. But in Joshua's day, they did live by the sword in a harsh, dark, pagan time. And God has to deal harshly with these nations because he's got problems even with his own people, right? They'll become just like them. And he says he brings judgment upon these nations for all these terrible things, the killing of their children, the horrible sexual immorality, the bestiality. And when they defeat these cities that have so sinned against God, when Joshua has victory after victory, there's a special way they deal with the king of those people. Remember, we're speaking about the association of the king with the people. These nations had kings. And as an example, you can read in chapter 8, you read about Ai. It's the place that the Israelites conquered just after Jericho. And with God's supernatural help, the Israelites utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. In verse 23, you read that the king of Ai, however, they took alive, and they bring the king of Ai to Joshua. And then down in verse 28, it says, So Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this day. And the king of Ai he hanged on a tree until evening. So there's the symbol again to display the penalty against the wickedness of this people and the wickedness of this king. The king is taken and hung on a tree as a representation, as an example of that great wickedness and evil to display to the people God's judgment against evil, God's judgment against those people, who better to show and display than the representative of the people, the one who rules over the people, the one that's been giving the people direction, the king. And the king is taken, and the king is hung on the tree, and then only until evening, because we read what the Bible said in Deuteronomy, and as soon as the sun was down, it says in verse 29, Joshua commanded that they should take his corpse down from the tree, cast it at the entrance of the gate of the city, right outside the city walls, to show God's judgment upon that city, and raise over it a great heap of stones to make a grave. And it says, a great heap of stones that remains to this day, that remains to this day, the expression is. So in the time that the book of Joshua was written, the people could actually go to the ruins of Ai 
and outside the gates of the city to show the judgment of God against the sin of the people, there was this grave in which was buried the body of the king of Ai, symbolizing the association of the king with his people. And then later on, uh, you know how the Israelites were tricked into a peace treaty with the crafty Gibeonites, right? And when in chapter 10 of Joshua, five of the Amorite kings, the Canaanite kings, the Amorite kings, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jamath, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, five Amorite kings, they hear about Gibeon, which was a, a pretty powerful city, making this treaty with Joshua, and they go out against the Gibeonites, and the men of Gibeon send to Joshua, and they ask for help. And Joshua comes up with all his people of war. The Bible says his mighty men of valor. And the Lord delivers the armies of the five Amorite kings into the hands of Joshua. And at that time, you read in chapter 10, verse 11, that God actually sends down hailstones from heaven. You read how in verse 13, the sun stands still until they had, the Israelites had complete revenge on their enemies. The five Amorite kings take off and flee, and they hide themselves in a cave. And in verse 18, it says, So Joshua said, Roll large stones against the mouth of the cave, and set men by it to guard them. So they, they block them in by rolling large stones in front of the entrance of the cave. And then when the battle is done, in verse 22, then Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings to me from the cave. And in verse 26, and afterward Joshua struck them and killed them and hanged them on five trees and they were hanging on the trees until evening. So again, this association, they represent their people and they're there until evening, and then they're taken down, as it says in Deuteronomy. So it was at the time of the going down of the sun that Joshua commanded, and they took them down from the trees, cast them into the cave, they put them back in that cave where they were hiding, where they had been hidden, and laid large stones against the cave's mouth, like a tomb. They rolled these stones in front of the cave's mouth, which remain until this very day. So again, the defeat of the great sin and wickedness of these Canaanites is displayed in the hanging of these kings, and then they're sealed in the tomb to show that it's finished, it's done with, and that tomb remains as a sign to this day. A sign of sin, a sign of the great sins of the people, the finality, they're gone. The people are destroyed. The king is destroyed. And then up in verse 25, Joshua tells the people in the second part of that verse, thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And we see how many times when they're in the Lord's will that God delivers them time and time again from their enemies. And was Egypt too strong for them? Were any of these Canaanites was great Jericho, one of the most powerful cities 
in Canaan too strong for them? No enemy could stand against God. But we've studied the book of Judges and we've studied 1 Samuel and we've seen even up to this point how many times they're defeated. Why? What brings them defeat? When they become just like the people that God vomited out of the land. And it gets worse. They start to do, as you read through the Old Testament, there's moments of repentance and victory and they fall back and all the things in that list they do. The same things the Canaanites did. And the land does vomit them out. The Assyrians capture so many of those in the northern section. The Babylonians will capture so many from southern Judah. The land will vomit them out. And then God shows mercy and grace to them. They repent and they come back in. God does to them just as he did to the Canaanites. Why? Because they're just as sinful. God's chosen people are just as sinful as the Canaanites. A matter of fact, what? All mankind, we're all just as sinful as the Canaanites. You take any group of people and you leave them to their sins and in a few generations, they become just like the Canaanites. You could take this nation where people every Sunday filled churches, spent all day on their town greens worshiping God and speaking about God and give it several generations away from the Lord and this nation too can become like the Canaanites. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg Scalzo's sermon has been brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut.